There's a step. There's a kick. It is up. It is no good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. All you non-believers disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Hello and welcome into the NFL Friday podcast, FUV's exclusive look at the National Football League. I'm Andrew Galata alongside Colin Lochran and our re- resident fantasy expert Nick Guzman. And guys, we have a lot to get into. Colin, let's start with you. How you doing? I'm doing great, Andrew. We've reached week 14 of this amazing NFL season. So much to dig into, especially considering this is when we find out who the contenders are mm-hmm. and who the pretenders are. Yeah, I'm doing great. I mean, this season is just rolling along. It feels like it was kind of like week one yesterday. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're kind of at the tail end here, stretch time, and the postseason's right around the corner. And I'm excited. Not definitely for sure. And Colin, you said a lot of contenders. You're going to find out who's contenders and pretenders. Well, all our two teams in New York right now are pretty much pretenders, I think we can say. And we're going to start off with the Giants, 4-8. and eight. They sit fourth, dead last in the NFC East standings, coming off a loss to Miami. And that loss kind of just diminished any playoff hopes that this team had, really. I mean, and the big question now into this week is the health of Daniel Jones and the health of Mike Glennon and now it seems Jake Fromm who just got signed off the practice squad may start this week against the Chargers. Absolutely and football in New York right now is indeed a circus. I think the back page of Monday's New York Post says it all. Nothing to see here. (laughs) Of course we have full coverage of the ugly Jets and Giants losses but we're not going to force you to see that carnage. That says it all to me, Andrew, and the Giants are a prime example of this. So much expectations heading into this season. Everyone was expecting them to at least compete in the NFC East at the very least. Obviously, as you said, they lose 20-9 to to a Miami team that's meh at best. They're average. Yeah, They're Mike, like, I mean, they beat bad, they beat good, uh, beat bad teams. They lose to good teams. That's what Miami does, and they beat the bad Giants. And I, Mike Lennon, it, didn't, it was just a sloppy game for the Giants, and... It's sad to say that it may get sloppier with, with Jake Fromm. Nick, I know you're a big Giants fan. I mean, going into this th- this week here against the Chargers, really the rest of the season, what are you trying to see from the team right now? And it, it just seems like this team, not that it looks dead because the defense is playing really good, but the offense right now it just looks very, very stale even after the firing of Jason Garrett. Yeah, the banged-up defense I think has played well. I mean, they haven't had Peppers exactly. back there for most of the year, and still they've looked great. Um but the, in terms of the offense, you know, like you mentioned, they fired Jason Garrett, and literally nothing has changed at all. Yeah. I understand Mike Lennon was playing quarterback last week, but some of those possessions were just, especially in the second half, at the end of the third quarter, were just pathetic. You know, they were in that game, as sloppy as it was. It was 10-6, you know, late third quarter, and they were in it. 
and they just could not string together any legitimate offensive possessions. And you feel like with Jake Fromm, who was, you know, Bill's practice squad all last hmm. year and most of this year, it's probably going to get worse this week. And I, th- I think, in my opinion, the Chargers are better than the Dolphins. And yeah. it could get ugly. I think it could get ugly very fast. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, at least they'll have Saquon to run the ball. But it's not even like he's looked really the best here. Uh, just looking, you know, at, at the stats. I mean, 84 rushing attempts, only 300 yards. He did have a nice run last week where he had that pop. But, again, it seems like some of his athleticism is just diminished because of so many injuries. And it's just for the Giants. I mean, where is this team going to go? Kadarius Tony probably will not play. Sterling Shepard, we'll see if he plays. But ha- having a triple backup QB off of a practice squad of the Bills, adding to all the injuries they already have, you know, this offensive line that is just not playing well. It's just where the team is going to go from here. A team that, you know, you guys said had just a ton of expectations. And right now it's just 4-8 and eight not looking too pretty right now. When you look at their next two games, the Chargers and Cowboys, you're probably looking at two losses. And that would sit you at 4-10, and 10, which is definitely not where this team would be or you thought this team would be. And then, you know, you play the Bears and then two NFC East opponents in the Cowboys and then also the, not excuse me, the uh, Washington football team and then the Eagles. So it's definitely going to be tough sledding for this Giants team to end the year. And I, I think a lot of people are kind of have Gettleman on the hot seat. I think we already know that, but I think the big one is going to be Joe Judge and to see if he comes back. A guy that last year looked like had a lot of promise this year, just not the same promise. You see a lot of regression in areas. You see a lot of the same things where he struggled last year, and that's got a huge cause of concern for the Giants and, you know, their whole front office brass. Right, absolutely. And to your point, to both of your points, actually, on the offensive side of the ball, this team has been atrocious. They're 27th in terms of total offensive yards this year. Only 32.8% of their offensive drives had ended in a score, and they're last in red zone scoring percentage. You cannot win football games with numbers like that. And to your point on Joe Judge, this is a guy that came in and said from day one he wanted to be a hard-nosed football team that played an aggressive style of, of ball. You cannot do that without an offensive line to support that goal. And the Giants do not have an offensive line to do that. I'm not surprised that Saquon Barkley has not been good this year. If you want him to find space to make a big play, he needs a line that can help him do that. It's the same reason why I can't blame Daniel Jones for their struggles this year. Because if he doesn't have a line to protect him, of course he's not going to be getting the football out in time to, to hit his receivers. And even with that, I don't think Daniel Jones was that atrociously bad this year. Of course, now it's going to be even sloppier that you have Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm playing <laughs> quarterback. But the one silver lining that I see, and you guys can disagree with me on this, is that the defense has had some moments this year. I thought they played a great game against Philly. I thought Xavier McKinney has really come into his own. He had a pick in that game. Dexter Lawrence even forced a fumble in that game. That's someone that I was very, very uh, harsh and uh, (laughs) ready to call out after that tobacco against Washington early in the season. I'll say this much on the Giants. If that defense plays like they did against Philly and plays to the level that really the whole front office brass is hoping they can, there might be some hope for Big Blue in the future. Yeah, I mean, and this has been a theme for the past this past year, last year, where the defense is just keeping the Giants in games. And the offense, all they have to do is just be a little bit competent and the Giants can win. But, you know, that's been too much of an ask most of the time. And, you know, when it comes to Judge, it's like that the tough guy attitude really only works when you're winning. Yeah. When it's not, it just seems like kind of like a lame shtick. Yeah. And 
I like the hire of Joe Judge because of you know, what he said in his opening press conference and all that stuff, and he was inspiring me. I was like, yeah, New York. <laughs> but you know, now, especially not even that, but just like his in-game management really kind of gets on my nerves sometimes. He's so conservative on like going oh, yeah. forward on fourth down. We there saw was, last week against yeah, Miami. Yeah, there, there was a possession in the third quarter where the Giants were down by four and on the, I believe, the 46-yard line of Miami, down by two. You're a four-and-seven football team. Why would you not go for it? The only, you know, if your punter's automatic and to pin him inside the 10 every time, but Dixon kicked into the end zone. Yeah. It was a touchback. I think it was a net, like, 15-yard punt. Yeah. Like, and I think every team in the NFL these days is going to go forward in that situation, except for the Giants, it seems. And those decisions, when you're when you're a bad football team, you got to give yourself chances to win. And I think Joe Judge, more often than not, has hindered this Giants team with his in-game management. Yeah, the in-game management hasn't been pretty. And back to Collins' point with the offensive line, that's how you build an offense. I mean, you just look across the NFL, that's just how you do it. And when you're going to see the team at the end of the year, whoever wins the Super Bowl, which right now it's a wide-open picture, and we'll get into that later, but whoever's going to win it, I bet their offensive line will be a healthy and then be you know at top of the line with a lot of investments into it and the Giants yes I think they've put investments into it. it's just been the wrong investments whether it's been some draft picks that just have not worked out over the years you have the free agent signings with you know Nate Solder it seems like Andrew Thomas is coming into his own he's still young but really besides him I mean Will Hernandez you know he's had his ups and downs he was a early second round pick that you'd hope at the guard position kind of worked out and it seems like just really across the board Matt Pert third round pick doesn't you know not even playing right now which is kind of surprising so it again I feel like the offensive line is where you're going to build and that's something that I think Dave Gettleman knows I think Joe Judge knows and they've swung a miss in those areas now have they hit in other areas yes I think Kadarius Tony was a great pick but they can't get him the ball when he's healthy so that's a problem and I think Daniel Jones isn't, you know, the worst quarterback. I don't think he's the best, but I think he's average, and I think you can win with him. So, you know, as you said, Colin, it's hard to evaluate a guy that, you know, the pressure's always after him, and the only way the pressure isn't after, is after him is when he rolls out. Like, that's, to me, the biggest thing. So it's just tough to evaluate him. Uh, the, the offense just, I think that's where the issue lies. And if they went into these first two, first, uh, two picks in the first round and they got two offensive linemen, I wouldn't be, uh, you know, too surprised. That's just kind of... What I'm, uh, you know, not expecting because I don't think they'll end up doing it. But if, if I were them, I try to really bolster that offensive line because they do have weapons around that group, and they just that, that that's the building block. If they can get that right, I think that is just such a huge, um, you know, part for this offense. And I think the defense though is playing really well, and you know, you've seen that, and that's the silver lining, as you said, Colin. They want to take out of this season, really since that Rams game where they got blown out, 38 to 11. They, you know, really turned it on, 25 to three. Uh, so a huge win against the Panthers, only 20 points against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and it just goes on from there. You guys talked about the Eagles and Dolphins. So if you want one silver lining in one area that Joe Judge may save his job, it's Patrick Graham in that defense. Getting that offense right is going to be crucial. Yeah. To me, it seems like there's a disconnect between Gettleman and Judge. I know that's an interesting uh, position to take considering Judge was brought in by Gettleman. But when you draft Kadarius Tony, who has a lot of talent and a lot of potential, not taking anything away from him, and you put him in a situation where he's coached by Joe Judge, this guy that, as you said, Nick, comes in. He's like, yeah, New York, let's go. Let's have a hard-nosed style of football. It makes zero sense when you don't have the offensive line to support that. Andrew, we were talking about this earlier. If you have the offensive line to back up your quarterback, yes, then you can go out and draft flashy players like Kadarius Tony and go get you the football down the field. But until you have that line, that should be the last priority on your list. You're not going to get anything done. 
Because you know what New York is like? Results. Hmm. And Joe Judge is not getting any of them. He's no different than, than uh, Dan Campbell in Detroit. Yeah. Talking about how he's going to be ripping people's bones out or whatever he said in his opening press conference. It's the same thing. It's just a stick until he proves that he can win. And this team hasn't proven they can win. In fact, they've choked away games because they don't know how to win. I will always go back to that game against Washington early this season. After I saw that game, I was sold. This is not a team that knows how to win. They're not going to figure out how to win under Joe Judge anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, the offensive and defensive fronts, as we know and as we've seen, you know, these last few years or really for a long time, it's the core of any Super Bowl winning team. And you're right, Colin, that you don't build around players like Tony. Like those are those are like luxury players. That's who you need to have after your your strong core is there. And Gettleman, in term, Dave Gettleman, in terms of you know the marquee signings he's made, the big money signings. Kenny Galladay's been disappointing. You know, you talk about Leonard Williams who had a big year last year. He's been, I'd say, he's been disappointing this year. And when the players like that, Nate Solder on the offensive line, players like that who are older guys who you brought in to try and just be stars on this team, not even stars, just solid players, and none of them really have worked out. And but you've paid them a lot of money, and the Giants have are going to have arguably, or I think, the lowest uh, cap space I've read for this offseason based on how much money they have tied up. Th- three and a half million in cap. Three and a half. I mean, look, their team's space. under. Um, my Saints are probably going to be about fifty under. So you know, I, I don't think they'll beat out them. But you know, th- this Giants team. I think Colin, you made the perfect point. This team, you knew this team wasn't going anywhere after they lost against Washington and that final play was really a debacle. And then the next week they followed up with another really bad loss at home against the Falcons. And uh, those two games, I think, really showed you were 0-3 at that point. If they win those two games, it's a completely different story. Maybe that you know Miami game is different, and then you're kind of going into areas where this team is in a different spot if they win two close games against two not-so-good football teams, especially the Falcons. I mean, Washington, at that point, they weren't a good football team. Now they've, you know obviously have had a lot of success over the last few weeks but if they get those two wins this is a different season and that's you know and that's what happens with football when you really go down to a few games when you're kind of an average to below average team like the Giants are it comes down to a few games that pulls you from below average to above average and that's really happened for the Giants but I do want to move over to the Jets now on the other side here of New York and not much different for them three and nine fourth in the AFC East 33-18 loss against Gardner Minshew and the Eagles. Just another embarrassing loss. Zach Wilson plays good, which is, or plays fine, I probably should say. Not amazing, but definitely solid from him. And then, you know, from there, it's just a mess. This defense is not very good. I think we all kind of know that, that this defense just is, is, is not where it needs to be. 32 in basically everything. So that, that's an area for the Jets. At least they have Elijah Moore. But uh, besides that, it's, it's not been pretty for the Jets. It's the Jets. Yeah. What did you expect? Same I mean, old Jets. Yeah, three and nine. But I will say, there were some positives in the game against Philly. I was impressed by what I saw from Zach Wilson, considering my expectations were basically the floor. <laughs> I thought he played pretty well. 23 of 38 passing, 226 yards, two touchdowns, only one interception. A massive upgrade from when he had the four-interception game. And it was good that they got Elijah Moore involved in this game. Six catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. I think LaFleur has done a good job recently of slowing down the game for Wilson. I thought that was something they struggled with early as a cohesive offensive unit. But I really do think Wilson could benefit from a better run game. I mean, anytime you have a young quarterback, it helps to get him a solid run game with a solid offensive line because it opens things up in terms of, of your play action later in the game. Right now, the Jets are 31st 
in terms of rushing yards. That needs to change going forward. I think everyone knew this season was going to be the pits for the Jets. It was mm-hmm. never just about one in particular season. It's about what you're trying to build in the future. And especially now that, you know, Corey Davis is out for the remainder of the year, these final couple of games I think is a good time for the Jets to really experiment with that run game, see if they can get any consistency that they can take with them to the next year because that's what's going to really count on offense for this Jets team. Yeah, I was imp- sorry, Colin. I was impressed by Zach Wilson, but uh, you know, I wasn't blown away. But I think if you're a Jets fan and you see what Zach Wilson played like in that game against the Eagles, and if you think he could play like that for the rest of the year, I think you'd be satisfied. Not blown away, but but at least happy that you've seen improvement from him. And you know, with the Jets, it's different than the Giants at least this year because the expectations were different coming in. For the Giants, you can talk about everything that went wrong, but with the Jets. You're just trying to see week-to-week improvement. And I don't think it was an awful game by any means against Philadelphia, but you know, I feel like it's there's not that much news because it was just the Jets being the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, I think the one main thing is with this Jets team is that Zach Wilson, yeah, he played better than what the Jets were putting out in prior weeks with Joe Flacco and Mike White. So that's obviously a step in the right direction, and you only saw – one turnover with the interception, and again, he was able to throw for over 200 yards. That's all good stuff from Wilson, and that was definitely a big step in the right direction for the Jets against a pretty tough Eagles defense that's definitely solid there, and they're, and they're a team that, you know, I, I think they are, you know, a, a formidable team. I don't think they're, you know, a pushover. Like, this was, like, the worst loss ever for the Jets, and, like, that's just big for them that Zach Wilson played a pretty solid game. I, I do agree with you, Colin, with the run game. I mean, you want to get that going because that, that that really helps your uh, your quarterback, especially young quarterback, out a lot. And, uh, you know, you, you want to see your young guys shine. And, you know, Elijah Moore has shined for this Jets team. So that's, I think, a huge, huge step in the right direction for them. I mean, he's a guy, 43 catches, over 500 yards, five touchdowns. If he can continue that into the final se- into the final part of this season, that's a huge stepping point off for them. And that, that does look like a really, really good pick for the Jets, but, you know, right now, I, I, the defense is so, so bad. They're going to have to make massive changes because the defense is just flat-out not good. I mean, just looking of what they do, it's just, I mean, they're last in basically every single category, and that's just not a good place to be. I mean, 32nd through yards, 32nd through points, 30th in rushing, 29th uh, in passing yards allowed. So, again, you just go through, even PFF, they're not going to give them a break either against the I mean. 32nd, 32nd, 30th in coverage. Just a lot of not-so-good play from these guys. And that's something that I think for the Jets, that's their next building-off point. I think the offense, and I think going into the season we knew this, the offense wasn't going to be in awful shape. It's pretty good. I mean, it's not like the best offense ever by any means. Probably still bottom 10, but at least it's serviceable. The defense is not serviceable, and the Jets, I think, in the draft over these next few years are really going to have to uh, invest big time into that defense. That was a very generous characterization of the defense, in my opinion. This defense is not watchable at all. Yeah, no. Forget about not good. It's not watchable. And I got to laugh. The defensive coordinator, Jeff Olbrich, says it hurts the soul. (laughs) How does he think we feel watching this garbage that's on the field? The Eagles last week had 418 yards and 33 points with a backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew. Now, I know Minshew's not a slouch. He can throw the ball pretty well, as he did in this game, (laughs) 20-25, 242 yards, two touchdowns. And the excuse, this was a great excuse, by the way, that they prepared for Hurts, and instead they got Minshew. Now, you'd think that would be how they would get away with this, but the defensive coordinator actually backtracked and said both guys are pretty mobile. So 
I don't know. I'm reminded of that Forrest Gump quote, stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> you cannot prepare for Gardner Minshew the same way you prepare for Jalen Hurts. They are different quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew's not running like Jalen Hurts at all. It's a different setup entirely, and you have to prepare differently. If this is the type of inconfidence they have running the defense, it's time to make a change. The Eagles scored on their first seven possessions. That's horrible. That, that's inexcusable. I know this team is not good. I know the Jets aren't going to win a Super Bowl by any stretch. They're not going to be anywhere near the playoff picture, but at least put up a fight. It's not like the Eagles are Kansas City and they're running out Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and others. You know, the GM, Joe Douglas here, he's going to have to draft well to really fix the gaps in this defense. I think getting Carl Lawson back next year will help, but that's not going to be enough. My advice off the bat, improve the secondary. Draft the cornerback Derek Stingley out of LSU. Trust that the season he had in 2018-2019 is actually reflective of his potential and that the up-and-down product he's been putting on the field recently is just a fluke. That's the Jets' hope here is that they have to draft well and they have to really patch up the secondary. In the immediate future, this week's I think is kind of an interesting game, hosting the Saints, who are on a five-game slide. Yeah. You know, they've struggled offensively, New Orleans has, the last couple weeks. We talk about how awful the Jets' defense has been. Watch, Taysom Hill will run for 200 yards. It's very possible. <laughs> it's very possible. But on paper, it looks like a matchup where the Jets can, can get, the, get some things right at home and maybe pull out a victory if Zach Wilson can continue to play as he did in the last game. And that Saints defense is no slouches either. I, again, I I just feel like this Jets team, this defense is just. I mean, look as you said, it's really unwatchable. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, we, I mean, we could talk about the Saints game. I think we'll talk about it later when we get into our pickems. But it just seems like you know, it's hard to it's hard to see. Like, look, I don't know how the Jets. The three wins that they have are like you know the most surprising win. I mean, obviously the Texans win is not surprising, but the Bengals and Titans. I mean, who would have thought that would happen? Two, you know, you have a playoff team in the Titans and a borderline playoff team in the Bengals who are playing much better going into that game. So, I mean, who knows? The the Jets can put up 34 points and win this game, uh, you know, by, by by 10 points. I wouldn't be surprised. But, you know, I, I feel like the way the Saints are playing, I think this is kind of a get-right game for them. That streak is not going to last forever. I think, you know, Sean Payton is a good enough coach where they can go and get a win. And obviously I'm a little biased. But th- th- this Jets game is just, I mean, this Jets team is just, it's not good. And, you know, a team with Sean Payton who's at least coached well, I mean, the, the product on the field hasn't been the best because of injuries, but, uh, you know, I, 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 this Jets team, it's tough to pick the Jets in, I think, any scenario, maybe instead, unless they're playing like the Texans, and that's when, when they won one of their games. But this Jets team definitely be interesting, and we'll get to our picks later, talking that Jets-Saints game, and then also the, um, the, the Giants-Chargers game as well. But now I want to move over to fantasy with our fantasy expert, Nick Guzman. I want to start off two stardoms for you right now going here into this week 14. I think one for me, it might be a little surprising. I'm looking at Devonta Freeman against against Cleveland. I think he's taken over the backfield in Baltimore. I like that matchup. It maybe doesn't jump out off the page right away, but I like Devonta Freeman, and I like the Baltimore offense, and I feel like there's potential there for a good game. Also, I think Hunter Renfro against Kansas City I know they're on the road, so maybe not ju- doesn't jump out at you right away. But I feel like this is the kind of game where Derek Carr, Derek Carr has something to prove in Kansas City. I think Ren- Renfro is going to get a lot of targets. So those would be my two must stardoms. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I, I love the Renfro one because I do think, like, look, they're playing Kansas City. Probably be a pretty high-scoring game, and you're going to always go to your your um, you know your best players and you're trying to go to your best receivers. And right now, Hunter Renfro is one of those guys. 
for Las Vegas. What about two sit-ins? What are two guys you're not looking to, to play in this week? I hate to say it as a Giants fan, but I would look strongly at sitting Saquon Barkley against the Chargers. It just every time you watch Saquon run the ball, he's still getting the bulk of the touches. That's that's okay, but the Giants' offense is awful. We know the offensive line is awful. But when you watch him run, it just doesn't have the same agility, the same anything that he used to have. None of the Heisman explosiveness that we saw you know, at Penn State or even his first two years with the Giants. And when he falls down, it seems like first contact, he's falling backwards. He's not falling forwards. He never seems to get the extra yards. And when the Giants run with Devontae Booker, they almost seem – it's a little more hard-nosed, and it just seems better. So Saquon Barkley, I've held out hope for a long time that, you know, he's he's going to turn around. And I was telling myself these injuries, the first few – you know, these injuries early in the season were just, that's why he wasn't being explosive. But I think this far in, he's had more injuries and it's just, it's just, it's hard to watch. And I would sit Saquon against the Chargers. In terms of wide receivers, you know, the Bills against Tampa Bay, I'm looking at Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, but it's really just been all Stefan Stephon Diggs and Knox for Buffalo. So I would stay away from Sanders and Beasley for Buffalo too. Interesting, interesting. That's uh, you know, with with, with the, the the Bills, especially after last week's game and the uh, the wins, uh, <laughs> the crazy win game against the Patriots, that'll probably go down in history. I mean, we'll see how they bounce back in that one. And you know, Stephon Diggs and Knox have really been their two guys. So definitely agree with those. And what about two sleepers that you're really looking into the game? That uh, you know, you, look, this is the last week. A lot of team, a lot of leagues last week going into their playoffs. So some teams need that little extra juice to go into the postseason? What are two guys that kind of come out of nowhere and have good weeks? Um, I'm looking, again, towards that, uh, you know, the Browns game, Browns and Baltimore, in terms of uh, tight ends. I could see Austin Hooper having a big game for the Browns. The Ravens, okay. you know, this year. I need a tight end, so maybe I'll see. The Ravens, <laughs> you know, they've struggled to cover the tight end a little bit this year, and Austin Hooper's a good tight end. You know, the Browns at times have struggled on offense, but... You know, I like that pick. And also, you know, I'm going to stick with the tight ends. The Giants, Evan Ingram should be a fantasy weapon every week, but he isn't really. <laughs> I just think la- pure lack of options. If Jake Fromm decides to come out and have a good game on offense, I feel like Evan Ingram is going to be the guy that he's targeting all the time. No, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. It should definitely be a fun week of fantasy here in the last regular season week, usually for most leagues. But without further ado, let's get into our picks here as it should be a fun week here week 14 and we're going to start off here in the AFC North we have Baltimore and Cleveland definitely should be a good matchup here Colin who do you have I'm taking Baltimore I think after the last two weeks in which they struggled against both Pittsburgh and Cleveland the week prior I think this is a get right game for the Ravens, I think they were going to rely on the run game, especially considering Lamar has struggled specifically in those last two weeks. I think Devontae Freeman, as you said earlier, Nick, is primed for a big game here. Plus, the health and well-being of Baker Mayfield at the moment is still in question. The guy is playing through Lord knows what, <laughs> really like a warrior. But regardless, I'm taking Baltimore to win this game. I'm taking Baltimore, too. They've got a point to prove after that Pittsburgh game, coming so close, just not converting that two-point conversion right at the end. I'm taking Baltimore, and I wouldn't be surprised if they if they maybe run away with it. 
I'm going to take Cleveland in this one. I'm, you know, wow. look, I think that this AFC, whenever you expect something to happen, you, you know, you turn that's right, true. the left happens. And that's what I think is going to happen in this game. I think in the AFC North game, I think being at home is going to matter a ton for Cleveland. I think they're just going to have a grinded out game. Defense hopefully will play well. And this, this offense for the Ravens has kind of stumbled a little bit. So I have Cleveland in this one. Now we're going to go to the AFC South with Jacksonville traveling to Tennessee. This seems like a very easy one. I'm going to go with Tennessee. You know, it's just one of those games where you're going to pick the chalk. If Tennessee, I think this is a get-right game for them, and I think they're going to get the win. You know, we've seen, we saw Tennessee lose to Houston at home. That's the only possible, you know, evidence that would point towards a Jacksonville win. But I think this is an easy one with Tennessee. Yeah, this is a no-brainer in my mind. I'm taking Tennessee, and I expect Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones have a really nice connection going in this game. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one of those, you know, you have, you have them every week where you just feel like, okay, this is going to be, you know, an easier game for Tennessee. Next game definitely won't be an easier game for either of these teams. Las Vegas heads to Kansas City in one of the best games of the week. Nick, who do you got? I've got Kansas City. They've played a lot better recently. Um, I think Derek Carr is probably going to have a pretty good game at Arrowhead. Derek Carr, is, I love him as a quarterback, but Kansas City on a roll at home, very hard to beat. Yeah, I'm taking Kansas City as well. Early in the year, they were a squad that struggled mightily. And earlier in the year, the Raiders looked a lot better than what they've ended up being. And they've had some injuries as well. For those reasons, I'm taking Kansas City. I fully expect them to figure it out and get a win. Yeah, I don't think Kansas City's losing again. I'll say it right now. I think they're going to run the table here. I think they're getting it right at the right time. And I think Kansas City is going to have a bit of a statement game and get this win here at home and really show the AFC West who's boss here in that division. Next game, it's definitely close to my heart, close to Jets fans' heart. New Orleans traveling to East Rutherford in the Meadowlands to play the Jets. Colin, who do you have in this one? I think I'm going to go with New Orleans here. I mean, Taysom Hill's prime for a big game against that Jets defense that is so atrocious, as we discussed. (laughs) The only reason I'd be tempted to take the Jets is because this game will be played at MetLife. But other than that, there is no reason not to pick New Orleans here. I'm going to pick the Jets. (laughs) I think the Saints on their slide. I think Zach Wilson, he's shown me signs of improvement. He's shown me signs that any one of these weeks could be his big breakout game, 300 yards and a couple touchdowns. I think the Jets at home, Saints on a slide. I'm going to pick the Jets. So the Saints are by no means world beaters. And, you know, as a Saints fan, I'm not going to go out here and say this team's going to go, you know, all the way and come back and win every game, run the table and make the playoffs and make a run. I don't think this team's doing that, but I do think that they can beat one of the worst teams in the NFL in the Jets, and I do think that Taysom Hill goes in there, runs the ball, probably has a big game, and this defense, I really think this defense for the Saints will force some turnovers from Zach Wilson, get the Saints in some good situations, and pick up the win. So I'm going to go New Orleans in this one. Moving over to an NFC East matchup, Dallas heading to Washington to take on the football team. Nick, who do you have? I'm going to take Dallas on the road. NFC East, always close to my heart. The Washington, I think, has performed well above expectations. This year, Taylor Heineke has been pretty good. But I think Dallas, you know, recovered after that Thanksgiving game. Uh, I think they're, they're due, for, due for a win at Washington. I'll be taking Dallas as well. I'd say watch out for Ken Pollard in this one. He's had some sneaky good games. This could be one of those uh, afternoons for him where he might turn some heads. Yeah, I'm going to go Dallas, too. I think Dallas is going to be able to grind this one out, get the win. They're the class of the NFC East, and I think you're going to see it here in this game. I do think that Dallas, I mean, look, uh, Pilar there with uh, with Zeke. I mean, that's a combo that's really tough, especially 
when you have CeeDee Lamb on the outside and Cooper and Gallup. It's so, so tough to stop, and Zach, uh, Dak Prescott's very, very good at getting the ball. I think they have a big week this week, and I think Dallas does enough on the defensive side, gets some turnovers from Taylor Heineke, who has been playing really good, but I think Dallas gets the win. Going to the NFC South, Atlanta travels to Carolina in this one. Colin, who do you have? I'm taking Atlanta. I really think that Atlanta's a team that has historically been able to put a lot of points on the board. Obviously, they've struggled a little bit more to do that this year than in years past, but Matt Ryan is still a pretty good quarterback. He has his moments where you're scratching your head and you're wondering, what was that about? But in a game like this, later in the season against a Carolina team that had a little bit of excitement with Cam Newton, but is still not formidable, I think Atlanta sneaks out a win here. I'm going to take I'm gonna take Carolina. I think the bye week came at a right time for them after that kind of disaster of a game with Cam Newton against Miami. And I think the offense is going to come out stronger from the bye week, and I'll take Carolina at home. Yeah, I'm going to take Carolina too. I just think that, you know, coming off the bye, I think Cam gets that win that, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure this is his first win. It would be his first win in a starting game. I know he came back and won that game, but he didn't start, I believe. So he's 0-2 when starting. I think he gets his first win here against a division opponent, opponent he knows well in the Falcons. And, again, I feel like this is one of those games where you're going to pick the home team. Carolina's at home, so I think they're going to get the win. Next game, Seattle's going to be traveling to Houston to take on another bottom team in the Texans. I think Seattle's got this one. I think they're going to be able to finally right the ship a little bit with Russell Wilson, who looks like he may be on his way out, but I think they're going to get the win here this week. Nick, who do you got? I agree. I've got Seattle. I think so much has gone wrong for them this year. This could serve sort of as a get-right game. Maybe not because it's (laughs) too late in the season. At least get right for themselves personally, not in terms of the playoff picture. And I think Houston's the perfect opponent to do that. Yeah, I'll be taking Seattle as well. Russell Wilson's playing to get out of Seattle whether that be by trade or some other fashion. He's playing to get out of there and have teams look at him and say, this is the guy that could help our franchise elevate to the next level. I expect him to put on a show to the best of his ability, given what he's working with. Also, watch out for Alex Collins in that run game for Seattle. I think he could have a very nice game for them in this one. Not definitely agree there. Next game, Detroit coming off their first win of the season, Detroit and Dan Campbell. It's just, I mean, that game was just a crazy one, but Detroit came out with a win over the Vikings. Now they're going to try to go for two in a row against Denver. Colin, who do you have? I'm taking Denver. I was very close to taking the Lions, (laughs) admittedly, because I was not greatly impressed by what I saw out of Denver against Kansas City. But then I remembered they were playing Kansas City. Teddy Bridgewater has had a very serviceable year for Denver. Obviously, he's not Tom Brady, but... He's doing what he can, and I think they should be able to handle Detroit fairly easily. I almost got caught up in the first win magic of the Lions, <laughs> saying maybe lightning will strike twice, but I really I really don't think it will at mile high. I've got the Broncos. No, I definitely agree. I think at mile high is the big, you know, is the big thing there and the big differentiator. I think you know, Denver plays so much better at home at mile high. If this game was at Detroit, I, I, I would agree with you guys where I think at least to pick the, the Lions, but I think that especially in mile high, I do think that Denver comes up and gets the win. Next game here, I know it's going to be close to to Nick's heart and a lot of Giants fans. Giants traveling to the Chargers here. Nick, who do you have? There is no world, I think, where the Giants win this game. (laughs) I I want Jake Fromm to come out. You don't think Jake Fromm's going to throw for 350 and four touchdowns? I don't. Believe it or not, I don't (laughs) think that's going to happen. Maybe like 150, two picks, and a touchdown if we're lucky. Sounds more likely. But the Chargers in a blowout. 
Yeah, Justin Herbert's for real. If yeah. all else fails for the Chargers, I trust that Justin Herbert will be able to eke out a win for them against the Giants. I mean, 27 touchdowns, 11 picks this year so far. Very nice season from him. I'm taking the Chargers. I know it's not official. I mean, Jake Fromm probably will get the start for the Giants. I think that's enough to pick the Chargers. So uh, I've got the Chargers in this one. Probably another sloppy game, but I do think the Chargers kind of, you know, in the second half really differentiate themselves and get this win against the Giants. Next game on the board, San Francisco traveling to Cincinnati. And, you know, two kind of interesting teams, like kind of right around the same place, but they're crossing at different, uh, you know, uh, different ways. Right now it seems like Bengals are going down and San Francisco is going up. But uh, these two teams definitely similar in talent level. Colin, who do you have? I'm taking the Bengals precisely because San Francisco is coming off of that loss to Seattle in which really they were beat by the run game and beat yeah. by Russell Wilson. I'm looking at Cincinnati, and I see an excellent pass game when they're right and when the offense is clicking. But I also see Joe Mixon, very underrated piece at running back. If he can get through that front line of San Francisco, Cincinnati should be set up to have a win here. Yeah, both teams are coming off tough losses. You know, the Bengals, it was a matchup last week against the Chargers between two you know, playoff teams, and the Chargers really were the team that looked like a contender. Exactly. I think the Bengals have a real point to prove this week, and this is a perfect time. The Niners are in the playoff picture in the NFC. That's a playoff team. This is a perfect game to go to 8-5 and five and prove that you belong in this playoff picture in the AFC. So I'm going Cincinnati. Yeah, like, I love Cincinnati, and they're a team. Like, they, they got the LSU connection, which is close to the Saints, so I kind of got to see <laughs> Burrow and Jamar Chase throughout college, and I really want this team to be good. But I think San Francisco that week, last week, look, they've won 4-5 to five going into last week. They lose a division game where, you know, look, I don't think this 49ers team is, like, amazing, but I do think they're on the up and up. And I think that even though last week's loss, I still think they're kind of trending in the right direction. The Bengals, I think they're just a young team that's going to fade away a little bit, and I think next year is going to be their year. I'm going to take San Francisco traveling to Cincinnati and get the road win in this one. Next game, a very, very big one. Buffalo traveling down to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Nick, who do you got? Be a little warmer in this game for the Bills. Yeah, yeah. But I th- I like Tampa Bay at home. Buffalo, they've kind of disappointed me this year in the way they've played in some games. And the way they could not stop the run against New England was, li- it was frustrating to watch as someone who not, doesn't... I mean, I don't mind the Patriots, but I would like to see the Bills win that game. But I'm going to go Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm picking Tampa Bay, and specifically I'm picking Tom Brady because I think he's on his way to winning yet another MVP in his career. 34 passing touchdowns this year, second in QBR, first in passing yards. Based off what I saw last week, or more recently this week, from Josh Allen against New England. I know it was cold, (laughs) I know it was horrible conditions, but if you're asking me to pick between Brady and Allen in potentially a shootout game at Tampa Bay, of course I'm picking Brady. So obviously I'm going with Tampa Bay here. As it pains me to say, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay as well. I had <laughs> Buffalo, but I just think, especially after that that hard-fought game that Buffalo played against the Patriots, a short week, going down, traveling to Tampa Bay against a very formidable Bucks team. I think Tampa Bay's going to come out on top in this one. Two more games to get to. First Sunday night game, the Bears traveling to Green Bay in an NFC North matchup. Nick, who do you have? As he said earlier this year, Aaron Rodgers owns Green Bay. At home, Green Bay, I think, in a blowout. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of the pick I'm about to make, but I'm going to have to go with Green Bay. It's at Lambeau. It's going to be mid-December. It's late at night. It will be cold. 
I don't see the Bears standing much of a chance in this one, especially when you consider Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback here. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay for all the reasons you guys said. I mean, look, Green Bay's the class of the North, and the Bears are in the cellar. So, are, well, they're not in technically in last, but they basically could be. They're always kind of the little brothers to the Packers, and I think that'll continue here in this matchup here with Green Bay getting the win. Final game here Monday night definitely will be a good one. The Rams trying to get off their three games or try, trying to bounce back now from or continue that one game uh, winning streak after their three game skid. They're going to go and travel to Arizona. Colin, who do you have? I'm taking the Rams. I know they've struggled as of late, and I know that Arizona has been really good all season long, you know, even though Kyler Murray has had some health concerns there. But I'm taking the Rams, and specifically, I was impressed last week because I know they play Jacksonville. I know that Jacksonville's not very good, but Sony Michelle had quite the game against Jacksonville, yeah, and did. it's kind of going unnoticed. 24 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown. If he does anything remotely close to this against Arizona with Henderson, with the way that the Rams can pass the ball when necessary with Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby, all those guys, I think the Rams can win this game. I will pick them to win against Arizona. I've gone through sort of the same logic as you, Colin. I saw a lot of things last week in that Rams game against Jacksonville that I liked, and then I had to remind myself that it's Jacksonville. <laughs> I think I reminded myself just a little bit more than you did. I'm going to go with Arizona at home. I think this could be the game where the Rams prove that they're legit contenders. I think we all think they are right now, but this is this could be a real statement game for them on the road against Arizona. But I love what Arizona's doing right now with Kyler Murray, so I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I'm picking the Rams in this one. I think it's a statement win. I think this is going to show that the Rams are for real and they're Super Bowl contenders, and I think they get this win. I think the Rams, this is going to be one of those games where you look back in February and you know it, I think this team's going to make a deep playoff run. It's going to be games like these where you know you build deep playoff runs, and I think they're going to get the big win here and turn a lot of heads on national television and get the win here. But that'll do it for us on this week of NFL Friday here on WFUV Sports. Definitely should be a fun slate of games. For Goku Paragu, who's keeping the lights on for us this episode, and my partners, Colin Lochran and Nick Guzman, I'm Andrew Galata saying enjoy your NFL Sunday, and we'll talk to you next Friday.